If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Mark chapter 4. And we're going to be in verse 21 this morning. Mark chapter 4, verse 21. This is what it says. Also he said to them, is a lamp to be put under a basket or a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that which is, should come to light. If anyone has ears, let him hear. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure... You use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what has he has will be taken away from him. And we're going to read that one more time together. And he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And you who hear, more will be given. You who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. We're going to pray one more time this morning because we love to pray around here and then we're going to get into it. Father, you're the greatest of all time. There's none like you. There's never been any like you and there will never be any like you. You are infinitely better than anything that we could experience on this planet. And God, this morning, what we need is the power of your Holy Spirit to unpack the word for us. God, we confess that we're needy people. God, we confess that we're desperate people. We confess, God, that we need you to move this morning. God, I pray that it would not just be another morning where we listen to songs and hear someone talk, but God, today would be a day that we look into your word and we are forever changed by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, and everybody together said, amen. This is uh, kind of piggybacking on last week. And, and I love, I really, really love the way that Jesus says this to his disciples. Last week we talked about the, the sower and what it looked like for seed to fall on good ground and what it looked like for seed to fall on ground that wasn't good and for the enemy to try to steal the word away. And you remember last week Jesus said, or, or the disciples were kind of like, Jesus, we don't, we don't really know what you're talking about. And Jesus looked at the disciples and says, how am I supposed to explain the truth to you when you can't even understand what I'm saying? And then Jesus follows up with this, and this kind of blows my mind. Jesus is like, all right, disciples, you didn't get it last week. You didn't get it last time. So let, let, me, let me make it a little, little easier for you. If you light a candle, are you going to put it under your bed? And I can see the disciples, and this is just the way that I read scripture. Jesus, we get it. I mean, are you going to put it under a basket? Are you going to put it? Let, let, me, let me break this parable down just a little more for you disciples because you weren't paying attention the last time I spoke to you. And he said to them, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? This morning, if you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. Number one, if you're not taking notes, I suggest that you should take notes. But if you don't, text this to someone or, or log it in your memory. Number one, this morning, you were created to shine. 
We know that a candle or a light was not created. The purpose, no one when they were creating a candle thought, you know what, let's, let's create it, let's put it on a cool little stand, let's set it on fire and put it under the bed. And anyone that did that, you would think, it's not very sharp. It's not a smooth move. Be destructive. Listen, this morning you were created to shine. Do you hear me this morning? You were created to shine. You are a new creation. The Bible says that the old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Christ Jesus, if he has in fact ransomed your life and saved you from the grip of sin and death, that means that you have been created to shine. He removed from you a heart of sin and deceitfulness and depravity and gave you his own righteousness. You've been made new. You've been created in Christ Jesus. You've been made new. And you were created to shine. But you weren't created to just be, a, a, a pro, the, the way that I'll say it this morning, the way that I see it in my mind, you weren't created to just be an ornament. I think about Christmas ornaments. Anybody ever have that time of year where you pull out the, the I call it the mess, I don't know how it rolls at your house, but I remember growing up, it was like, there's this just wind and wind and wind of green string with little lights on it. You had to go untangle it for two days and then figure out which light wasn't working, replace light. Anybody ever been there? Am I by myself? Can I get a oh me or something, right? I mean, I think about that. Like, like those lights were created with a purpose. They're brought out once a year. They shine for a little bit and then they're tucked back away. See, God didn't call Christians to be like that, to just come out once a year, Christmas or whenever, and shine a little bit and then, then go back to whatever they were doing. You were created with a purpose to shine the glory of God to all nations. I want you to think of it in that way. You were created as an instrument, as a tool in the hand of God. He did, in fact, make you trophies of righteousness. You were broken and dirty in your sin, but he cleaned you and set you up. But he set you up as a beacon of hope to remind other people that they too could be saved. You're an instrument this morning. I'll say it like this. If you have your Bibles, jump to Ephesians. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship. Listen to that. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship. Think about that. The God who breathed out the galaxies from the core of his creativity made the universe, handmade you. You are his workmanship color of your hair and the, the stretch of your DNA, your little idiosyncrasies and your personality quirks or whatever you want to call it, everything about you, God handcrafted. It makes me think of a time that, uh, I, don't, I don't know if any of you guys have ever heard, maybe you've been to a place like this, you ever heard of a place called the Clay Spot in Albany, Georgia? There's, there's a place called the Clay Spot, I'll tell you a little bit about it. 
or tell you my experience. Taylor comes to me one day. Taylor's my wife. She comes and says, TJ, I, I want to go on a date at the clay spot. I'm from the south, so I'm like, that sounds like the Flint River or something. So cool, whatever. You know? No, TJ, I, I want to go to the clay spot. It's this place where you, you paint together. That's where I started to pump the brakes a little bit. It's like, you know what? I'm going to be a good husband. Chivalry's not dead, baby. Let's go, and we'll paint anything you want to paint. So we get there, and in my mind, I'm thinking, we're going to paint together. This is going to be a cool little bonding thing. And she was like, well, I've picked out what I'm going to paint. What are you going to paint? It's like, this just turned into a competition. <laughs> I remember standing there, and I was looking at the shelf, and there were clay dolphins and little sun and ladybugs. And back in the corner, there was this old coffee cup. And I thought, God let that lady know that I was coming. It's just an old coffee cup in the back. And I said, yeah, I'll paint the coffee cup. So in my mind, I'm thinking, man, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to paint. So Taylor's over there painting, and she paints this thing that is just beautiful. It actually sits up in our house. And I painted this coffee cup, and by the time it was done, all the colors that I thought were vibrant and beautiful turned out to look like a coffee cup covered in mud. Genuinely, it's brown with a hint of red. And she was like, what is that? I'm like, man, that's the tomb, right? Jesus rose from the grave. Listen, if you were to see the coffee cup, you, you would genuinely say there's no way that I would give you a dollar for that. Matter of fact, you'd probably pay me a dollar to not put it in your cabinet. But if I were to lean in and say, but listen, Picasso touched that. That's actually Picasso's work. He spun those colors together to, to look a little brown and see the hues of red. If I were to say... Picasso's hands were on this, and they say it's worth about four or five million dollars because Picasso created it. Would you want to put it in your cabinet? If you were like me, you'd be like, I'm going to put it on eBay. <laughs> See, this morning, a lot of us treat ourselves much like we're the coffee cup that's just kind of ruined. See, we think because we have some smudges of darkness in our lives or in our past because we've we have a few shards here and there where we've been knocked around a little bit we think that we're not worth being put in the cabinet and it's all because we forgot who created us we forgot that the god of creation had put his hands on us that the god of creation crafted you to be exactly who you are and he created you to shine. TJ, I'm broken. I'm messed up. I'm, I have, a, you know, my, I have a, a rough past. TJ, I've been through this. You were created to shine. Christianity is the enterprise in the world that allows broken men and women to come together to be beacons of hope for the world, reminding them that everyone gets a chance at hope. Everyone. Lost, undone, smudged, broken, hurt. We all have the opportunity to see and savor Jesus Christ for who he is. You were created to shine. In the hands of the master, the one who created Picasso, created you. You are his craftsmanship. So hear me when I say this. Your value this morning 
your identity does not come from where you've been, what cabinet you've sat in, what trash can you feel like you might have been in for a while. Your identity comes and your value comes from who created you. You were created by the king. You were created by the king. And you were created to shine. So if we've been ransomed by this incredible hope, if we've been given the incredible light of the gospel, if we realize that we were created to shine, we were created with a purpose. And here's my next question that I want to pose to you. If we don't shine, who will? If we are Christians, if we are sons and daughters of a living God, if we are the redeemed, if we do not shine, who's going to? I want you to hear what Philippians has to say. We're reading along with Paul. We'll just flip over to another book. Philippians 2, 15 through 16. I want you to hear it like this. Man, this is beautiful. 2, 15 through 16. That you may... I'll start at 14. Do all things without complaining and disputing. That was free. That's not even a part of the message. That you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Do you hear that? Another translation says you shine like lights in the universe. So your purpose, you were Created in the image of God, the Bible says, you were redeemed after the fall. He sends Christ to save you. If you've confessed Christ as Savior, you're redeemed and cleaned and transformed, created to shine. But if you refuse to shine, how will the crooked and perverse generation see the light? If Christians are content to only come out at Christmas time and shine for a moment and then be put back away, How will the world that's dying and lost in need of Christ see the light? If you don't shine, who will? Culture? The government? No. I love it. People get bent out of shape when school systems or the government doesn't act like Christ. They're not supposed to. Christians are supposed to act like Christ. We're supposed to be the light. So if not who? If, you, if not you, then who? One more point I want to make before we move on. In Philippians 2 there where he says, you were made to shine like lights in the universe or lights in the world. I want to remind you for many in this room that your, your purpose is not just to shine locally, but Globally. The call of Christ in our life is that not only would we shine right where we are, and I want to encourage you, your, your goal, your mission in life, you were created to shine right where you are, in your family, right, in your, your, your sphere of influence, your friends, your team, your, your, around your employees or your employer, you're called to shine. But we have a mission and a mandate from Christ to shine as lights globally. There's a global perspective in the whole world. So my question, before we move on to point two, when we think about in our families, among our teammates, our peer groups, or globally, are we shining? 
If we've been radically transformed by the gospel light of Jesus Christ, are we shining? And if we are not shining, who will? Who will? Number two, if you're taking notes this morning, not only were we created to shine, but we were also called to carry the light of the gospel into the darkest places. We were called to shine, but we were called to actively carry that light of the gospel into the darkest of places. I thought about it like this. The last few weeks, um, Taylor and I have been on a plane over the last two or three weeks, uh, 50 hours, 60 hours. We've been on a plane a lot. Flew to India and got a kid. Most of you guys know that. He's pretty awesome. But as I was studying the sermon and kind of processing, I thought of what it would be like all the planes, you know, you're coming into the airport and there's all these planes circling. They're all on a path. It's the middle of the night. If everything on the ground just went dark and there were no lights on the runway, I thought to myself, I, I began to process that and, and, man, we'd be in trouble. And the plane would circle and circle and what would people do? They would frantically try to figure out how to do what? Turn the lights on. See, what we don't realize is that we live among a generation of millions of people, billions of people who are circling the runway, running out of fuel, who are headed to destruction. And we're called to light the runway. If we don't, who will? I'll, I'll hear you let you hear it like this from the book of Romans. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. It's beautiful. How then shall they call on him who they have not believed? And how will they believe in him who they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? You say, well, I'm off the hook, TJ. That's your job. Mm -mm, That's all of us. How will they hear? How will they land the plane if we refuse to shine like lights in the universe? You say, well, teacher, I'm not really qualified. I I used to give that one at a time. Yeah, I've never been formally trained in how to share the gospel. Never really been to seminary and figured out how to make sure all my theology is correct. So if, you know, if I share the gospel, I get all, I, you know, I dot every I and cross every T. You may be sitting there this morning and say, I'm not a preacher. So teacher, I don't really have the credentials to, to share the gospel. And to that, I eloquently say, hogwash. You know why? Because you were commissioned by Jesus himself. Not some professor not some pastor, not some famous person, not some prophet of old, not some great apostle from the New Testament. The words of Jesus commission his church to shine. Matthew 28, 19. You guys know I love this verse. I try to quote it or read it at least three or four times a month. That would typically mean every Sunday. 28, 19. 
Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So listen, you have been given the gospel and you have been commissioned by Jesus himself. What are your credentials this morning? You have the word of the Lord called you out. Invited you to carry his gospel. His words are your credential. And his words are your comfort. This is what I love about Jesus. We cling to his word. We stand on his word. We know that we are commissioned to carry the gospel and to shine light because of his word. And we are comforted in the process by his word. Lo, I am with you always. You know why I said that? Because shining like lights in the universe, carrying the gospel into all the world, being a disciple of Christ is not always easy. It actually usually assaults our personal preferences, our prides and our egos and our individualism, and it kind of crumbles it all and dusts its hands with us at the foot of the cross. But his words, lo, I'm with you always. Carry the gospel why? Because I told you to go. Jesus, I need another reason. I'll go with you. Shine like lights in the universe. Carry the gospel because the words of Jesus have commissioned you and the spirit of Christ lives and reigns inside of you. You were created to shine. You were called to carry the light of the gospel into the darkest of places. You were commissioned by Jesus himself. And the last point that I want to just touch on briefly this morning is that we were given the Holy Spirit for miraculous work. We were given the Holy Spirit for miraculous work. Most of the time we're pretty cool with God the Father. Most of the time we're pretty cool with God the Son. But when we get to God the Holy Spirit, we usually just kind of throw it to our Pentecostal friends and tell them to handle that. Nothing happens apart from the power of the Spirit. Nothing. Hear me this morning. We can modify some behavior. We can get dunked in some water. We can, we, we can try to act better or be better. And that's what I want you to hear me say this morning. You may hear this sermon and feel a weight of conviction and say, you know what, I need to shine. I am dull or I am dark or I have never even been on fire for Christ or been lit before. So I need to be saved. And in your mind, that might produce this idea of American Christianity where you just have to try harder or do better. But hear me when I say this morning, that is not the process this morning. The process is this, surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't make yourself better this morning. You can't make yourself saved this morning, but you can surrender your power to the power of the Holy Spirit. How do I shine, TJ? Ask the Holy Spirit to strike a match. TJ, there's this area of my life where I know to shine for Christ and I need to, I need to sever ties with this relationship or I need to sever ties with this struggle or I need to sever ties with my thought life and in this area it's been pulling me down. TJ, what do I do? Plead with the Holy Spirit. No disciple said, you know what, I think, I, I, I think I'm going to heal this person in the power of Paul, stand up. It never happened. Because the disciples knew that if the Holy Spirit did not show, they were bankrupt. 
Imagine if we were that confident and that needy of him in the church today. Hear me when I say this. Somebody can stand in the pulpit and give you a motivational speech and bands can sing music and the Holy Spirit never set foot in the place. He's omnipresent, so, but you know what I'm saying? People can operate and do those things outside of the power of the Holy Spirit. But for there to be real life transformation, the Holy Spirit's got to be active. So, so I want to ask you this question this morning. Number one, knowing that you were created to shine, are you shining? And if you're not shining, you're not carrying the gospel, but you know that's what you're called to. Would you be so bold to maybe pray a prayer like this? God, would you strike a match? God, would you allow the power of your Holy Spirit to sanctify me? Maybe, what if we were that bold as a church to say, God, we don't want to move without the power of your Holy Spirit. We don't want to preach or sing or speak without the power of your Holy Spirit. God, we have to have the power of your Spirit. What if we truly realize that to parent the way that God called us to and to, to prize our spouses the way that God called us to, to, to serve in our jobs the way that God called us to, it could be fueled by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say one more thing, and then I'm going to wrap up. You are not set apart as a Christian because of your good behavior. You're not set apart as a Christian because you tithe or because you joined a church or because you got dunked in some water. You're set apart because you've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit at conversion. When Christ Jesus saved you and redeemed you, he gave you his spirit. And this morning, I want you to think about that. You were created, touched by the hands of the king. Your sinfulness removed. His spirit. His spirit placed in you. And the Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. So this morning, do you Know that you're created to shine. Do you know that you're called to carry the light of the gospel into the darkest of places? Do you know that the words of Jesus have commissioned you? Not what TJ is saying to do, but the very words of Jesus. And do you know this morning that you have a resource, a fountain of strength and hope and power and never runs dry called the Holy Spirit? And for us to do anything for the kingdom of God, for this sermon to even take effect in our lives, we have to have the Spirit. So what would it look like if we as believers, and individ as, as indivi even as individuals, say, God, would you just kind of wreck me today with your Holy Spirit? God, would you move me today by the power of your Holy Spirit? God, would you transform me today by the power of your Holy Spirit? And what if we got crazy and kind of branched out and say, God, would you transform our church by the power of your Holy Spirit? What about our town? What about the world? What about the world? Shine like lights in the universe, powered by the Holy Spirit that was given as a gift. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning. Thank you for the gospel. Lord, this isn't about behavior modification and just being better. 
This is about being surrendered to the power of your spirit so that you might use us as lights in the universe to lead other men and women who are broken and undone home. God, would you strike a match? Would you breathe on the fire? Would you do what only you can do? God, we will be incredibly grateful. And Lord, by your grace, we will shine like lights in the universe. In Jesus' name, amen.